Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to another edition of Their Lives Matter, right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is wonderful Patty Ashley, and we're going to be talking about grief and loss, and we're going to be talking about love and children, and we're going to be talking about the inner child. There's a lot that we're going to cover here today, and this is going to be just the, the first show with her. She will be coming back with us again transforming grief and fear into love and grace beautiful words but I know that if you are in grief and if you are in fear which right now we're seeing so many people in that state of being how do they step into love and grace this is where they need to be in order to actually see what the next chapter is or what the solutions are or to be empowered to do anything but that transforming into it can be very very challenging she says, many of us are experiencing grief as we navigate the current world circumstances, but it doesn't have to paralyze us with fear or inaction. How we heal our wounds and return to love and grace as we emerge from the chaos, not only to survive, but to thrive. And, uh, you know, she's an international speaker. She's an author, a psychotherapist. Um, we've got so much here to discuss, you know, on grief and the, the passing, a lot of people have lost people, but they're not just lost people, they've lost uh, jobs, they've lost um, their identity of who they are and everything else. And so there's so much loss in the world right now, but it doesn't have to be all about the loss. It can be about what do we gain from the loss? And when we choose to feed what is possible, what we learn from this, what else is out there, we're actually deciding to step into that love and grace because we're deciding to be a part of a solution instead of feeding a problem. Welcome to the show, Patty. Mm, thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Uh, a lot of loss at the present moment. We're not just talking about lives, but we're talking about jobs. We're talking about, you know, feeling at a loss, not knowing what tomorrow is going to bring. Um, it's a very chaotic time. We're in the Celtic rune haglass of disruption. But disruption and chaos sometimes can be very good because from it, we can clean out mm -hmm. and embrace a new path. What are you finding at the present moment with people in this, this state of beingness? Well, absolutely. You're, you're spot on with that. I, I think first word that came to me when you asked me that question was parent, the idea of paradox. Mm. Um, paradox is two opposites that exist, seeming opposites that exist together. And I think, you know, you've probably seen the memes about the Corona coaster, right? Yes. Where people are up and then they're down and then they're up and they're down and they're like, I'm loving all this self-care and, and time. And then, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to go out of my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, so we're, we're riding this wave of paradox. And I'm an eternal optimist. And so my hope is, yes, we are in a paradigm shift where things are changing rapidly because there's been so much loss of what's been of what's familiar, what's been familiar to us. And so it's a collective grief and it's a letting go and it's a falling away of what's familiar and what we're used to doing and our lifestyles and 
our relationships and you know so many people have lost jobs and the tragic losses from COVID itself mm -hmm. um, even though that is a, really a small percentage of the loss that's going on it's still a, obviously the reason we're in this space yeah. of 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 trying to social distance and have um limitations on what we're used to doing and it's causing an at our economy to collapse you know mm -hmm. it, it's causing a lot of grief in a lot of different ways and so again you know in chaos theory order follows chaos um so how we're going to get through this is is a good question i feel like the inner work that we're doing is the important part because like the mystics like saint john of the cross and teresa of avila they went inward when there was yeah. not a whole lot of control externally or even uh victor frankel's book man's search for meaning you know he was in a prison camp and he started trying to find where was his inner peace yeah. and his inner sense of freedom. And I think that's what we're all searching for is, is what's inside. Cause we haven't done that well. No, asked. No, we haven't done that well. Um, with even isolation. I think for so long, if we've been taught that more is more, you've got to be busy, um, you know, uh, hurry up and meditate and now get out there and, you know, boom, boom, boom. And it's, I think a lot of ways at the present moment by having the rug pulled from underneath us and just stop, take a breath. Do you need to be rushing around like this? Do you need to be busy every moment of the day? Are you allowing opportunities and possibilities to happen to you? Or are you going right past them? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's a shock to the system, to the people that are always on the go. But then that old cosmic two by four coming to kind of saying, oh, look, the, how else do I get your attention? <laughs> it's an, exactly, it is a two by four, a cosmic two by four. <laughs> It's got our attention for sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and the way it's it's getting more and more extended time wise, and so much uncertainty. I remember at the beginning when it started in March. A friend of mine who works at the hospital said, "Yeah, they're they're saying this is probably going to go on through June." And I thought, "Oh, good June. I can make it." Oh, I, I thought forever, you know, March. <laughs> June, but oh yay! There was a sense of relief, and then my birthday was in July, and I thought, oh, maybe by July. And now we're talking about the schools, and I'm in a lot of um, uh, fear myself because I have uh, my two daughters work in the school system. One's a psychologist, oh. and one's a teacher. And I think that the fear for me, and for a lot of people around schools opening up again in the fall, is terrifying. Um, and so anyway, it's this long-term extended time of the unknown that really is the big two by four. It's a yeah. really, really big two by four because this means we have to adapt yeah. and look at some things that we probably wouldn't have looked at before. You know, I, I was given a saying, I say it every show, you know, the universe is here to shake us up, to wake us up, for us to step up and change it up. And we're certainly being shaken and woken up. And, you know, now they invite for us to step up. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, we know there are problems out there. We can't do the finger pointing anymore because it's three pointing back at us. And it's like, if we don't like, like what's going on out there, how are we going to change it? We don't change it externally. We change it internally. You mm -hmm. find the solution within you. And you become part of that solution. Mm -hmm. So this pause or this complete stop at the present moment is an invite, not only to go in, but what could your participation be? What does the world need from you right now mm -hmm. that you have within you that you can bring out? Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. I agree 100%. And I don't think we've really learned how to do that well. Mm -mm. We've lived in that, and like you were saying, this fast pace, <clears throat> hurry up and get somewhere, do yeah. something. We're human doings rather than human beings. Right. Oh, right. God, yes. Uh, let's stop there for a second and really look at that terminology. Mm -hmm. We're human doings. We've been told that we've got to do, do, do. You want it? Go out and get it. Fight for it. Strive for it. Claw for it. Everything else. The human being is being at one with self, with nature, with the cosmos, with our faith. It is being about whole. How can we be whole if we're constantly, yeah. you know, pushing that, uh, you know, fifth gear or sixth gear and just going and driving our vehicle to the point of destruction? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm going to say something that I don't really bring up much anymore because people don't understand um, what archetypes are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the archetype of Mary Magdalene, tomorrow's the feast of Mary Magdalene. And when I was writing my book, Living in the Shadow of the Two Good Mother Archetype, the Da Vinci Code came out. Yes. What I was researching for my book was why is it that these women these mothers can never feel good enough about themselves, even though, you know, psychologists are saying it's, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be good enough. And, but there was this phenomenon, which still exists. And I still work with it quite a bit in my work. And I wrote my book about it around, I can't get it right. Everybody else has got it. I can't get it right. Mm -hmm. So I started mm -hmm. researching um, just the history of mothering and, mm. you know, looked at some of the feminist literature and then the Da Vinci Code came out and I thought, well, this is interesting because if Dan Brown is correct, and I've also now researched people who Dan Brown used in his <laughs> research to write the book, like Margaret Starbird, and you know a lot of the um, theologists who've really studied this the the story of Mary Magdalene, and no, none of us really know. But I thought, isn't it interesting that here is. If in fact what they're discovering is true, that Mary Magdalene was this woman, wise woman teacher married to Jesus, that we have this whole story for 2000 plus years now about Jesus and all the men. Right. And we've mm -hmm. cut out the woman. And so as an archetype, again, this is why a lot of people don't understand archetypes because we also have this mistaken literalism I work a lot with dreams and symbology mm -hmm. and archetype and metaphor in my work. And people like, because we're human doings, we take things so literally. Yes. So that, you know, the, the story about the woman and the man and the, it, it's all literal, but it's not what it is. It's an archetype of how we've lost mm -hmm. our internal feminine. Mm -hmm. And if you look at, you can even say it right brain, left brain in a sense, mm -hmm. where the right brain is our sensory, emotional, intuitive creative part of the brain that develops first when mm -hmm. children are born and we've neglected that completely in our yeah. child rearing practices because our left brain is our logical linear reasoning rules and, so and regulations mm -hmm. <laughs> we've gotten so out of balance with yeah. that, that that's what's made us these human doings and yes so for me i think i'm it, like I said, I don't mention Mary Magdalene a lot because people don't get it. But tomorrow is the feast day of Mary Magdalene. Yep. And the, our Pope, the Catholic, I'm not Catholic anymore, but I was raised Catholic. But the Pope declared that she was uh, apostle, just like the men, that mm -hmm. she was as important as they were a few years ago. He declared that, which is major. So I just want to, again, it's archetypal and it's more about um, giving ourselves permission to 
create that sense of wholeness, which is really integrating that right, left brain, or as Carl Jung said, the anima, the animus, or the yin and the yang. Mm -hmm. And I think we're so out of balance. We're yes. so much of this patriarchal, masculine, dominator, power, fear. That's what we're seeing. You know, that's what we were seeing in the feminist movement and now the Me Too movement mm -hmm. and the racism and mm -hmm. so much of that that is destroying, destroying us, really. Yeah. And how do we get back to, and that's what Jesus and Mary Magdalene were trying to do. That was their story was, Hey, can we just love each other a little bit more here? You know, it's, you know, it, it's corny when we look at that, isn't it? Because, you know, it's all about love. Love is all there is. The Beatles said it, everybody else has said it, you know, it is a common theme and yeah. it's simple. And yeah. it's like, but you know, there's something to do with our brain or our programming. Says, oh no, no, that's far too simple. There has to be something deeper. There has to be something more academic about this. And it's like, everything is pushing us back to being connected yeah. to the simplicity, to to the right side of the brain, to the feeling, to the understanding, to the compassion. And mm -hmm. the other side is fighting it. And it's yeah. like, let go. You've you've held on for so yeah. long. Yeah. That, you know, that there has been no room for anyone else. How many thousands of years has it taken for Madeline to be acknowledged mm -hmm. that she was, she was there, a part of the group? And how many years has it taken for women to be acknowledged as equal? And of course, we're looking at black lives and we're looking at other lives, animal lives, even mm -hmm. our planet. Mm -hmm. That balance is so essential for us to get back because without that, we've, we've thrown ourselves completely off kilter. And we can't continue like this, can we? We're spinning out of control. Right, right, right. And in Deepak, I've been listening a lot of Deepak Chopra lately. He's doing a lot of Facebook Lives and he keeps throwing out the word, we're gonna be extinct. You know, we yes. think it's impossible, but yes. we are, we, if we continue on this path, yes. the planet will survive, but the humans won't, you know, and- That's um, what Mama Ofe keeps telling us. Look at how I can thrive without you. Mm -hmm. This is a warning. Next time it's the delete button. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. Love is just this word that's thrown out mm -hmm. that, and so misunderstood oh. because, you know, we think love is manipulation, really. If you do yes, this, you love me. And, and again, that, that left brain external power and control. But what is true love is letting go. True love yeah. is compassion mm -hmm. and empathy. And, you know, we don't, we've never learned that well. It's just not been a story that's been told. And so, Unless you were a hippie man and far out, right? <laughs> or belong to a commune. Yeah. How much do we see when people step into spirituality and step into the knowingness and step into this connection uh, that TV will make it into a commune where there clearly has to be either sex or murder or something devious about it? Right. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think, you know, there's so much spiritual bypassing too. There's so, everybody's looking for something outside themselves. Going to yes. find the shaman, going to find the teacher, going to find the method, going to find, you know, and that's very cultish. And that's how people get wrapped up in a cult because they don't have the internal glue and the internal knowing. And, and so they're looking, I always like, I refer to the book, this children's book called, are you my mother? Mm -hmm. it's little bird. Yes. Um, falls out of the nest, hatches while mom's out looking for food and he's all alone and he's asking, you know, the tractor and the, the different animals of, are you my mother? Are you my mother? Are you my mother? You yep. know, because we're all looking for 
something outside of ourselves and then he ends up like ended up being plopped back in the nest by this <laughs> crane or something and there she is and he's right. back kind of like the wizard of oz too yeah yeah like, there's no place like home but we don't have a lot of stories that help us find our inner self and that's really what my work is about Mm. It's helping and and so needed. I was just watching a um, a Netflix or was it Crave? Can't remember or HBO. One of those. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm terrible on names, but it's a uh, it's about the woman who wrote uh, Frankenstein. Oh and, yeah, I think that's Really that. highly recommend it. Highly yeah. recommend it. And it's all that she went through, which is what created Frankenstein. And you know, father wouldn't speak to her and loss of a child and a whole load of things that she went through there and but it ended up being this masterpiece and kind of metaphoric of you know that sometimes just that simple love a hug yeah. is love yeah. but you know rejection of you know at one part where the father actually is talking about the book and saying you know and, and there is this creation frankenstein, uh, frankenstein and as he wakes up all he wants to do is hug his creator and the creator repels back at the mm -hmm. monster that he's created mm -hmm. and it's a and you're just in that little metaphor there is that mm -hmm. simple thing like touch and hug but how much it feeds mm -hmm. the psyche the soul the heart the spirit and how much rejecting that of the damage that it can do mm -hmm. and if you look back the book i just recently wrote about shame informed therapy i was researched a lot of different uh, theories, but you know, for me, I've always been interested in Alice Miller's work, mm -hmm. where she researched 18th century child rearing textbooks, mm -hmm. and you know, the old belief was spare the rod, spoil the child. Of course, right. it didn't mean to hit the sheep; it meant to create boundaries for the sheep in the Bible, but it was <laughs> misinterpreted. Um, break the will of the child before they're old enough to remember. Mm -hmm children having temper tantrums are possessed by the devil right. and the devil needs to be beaten out of them right. and too much uh, attention is harmful mm -hmm. and so we didn't and know children should be seen and not heard and all right. feel don't feel don't feel get over it you know, yes yeah yeah servants to the master and all this has to happen before the child is old enough to remember so what we know now in the mid 20th century, we had child development research and we realized, oh, children don't think the same way as adults. Children have different needs. Mm -hmm. And in the first three years, when that right brain again is developing and it's all sensory and nonverbal, what the child needs is to be physically held, like you were yes. saying, and yes. to feel that. But we, what did we teach? Let the baby cry. Yeah. It's good for their lungs. Mm -hmm. You know, put the baby on a schedule. Well, we've evolved now and we know, this is again why women don't feel good enough because they're so friggin' confused. Yeah. Doing. <laughs> yes. But essentially, what do we most moms <laughs> want to do when our babies cry? Pick them up and, and you know, compose them. I think a crying child, you know, it depends what they're crying for. If they're having a temper tantrum and things like this, it's a different type of thing because you don't want to endorse that. But then there's always that understanding why are they crying? And mm -hmm. sometimes just that simple hold is mm -hmm. just that all the language they need, yeah. all the food that they need. And then they calm down and they know you're there for me. Yes. You're there for me. I'm not alone. I'm, I'm because fear is automatically kind of being there, isn't it? It's mom. Where's my mom? <laughs> and they feel safe and that's yeah. the key here that we're talking about is they feel safe when they're being held it's like yeah. a baby has a reflex you know where if they startle and so you'll see in the hospitals 
the nurses know how to swaddle the baby. Right. They wrap them in a blanket so that their arms, mm. you know, don't do this when they're in a startle response and they feel safe and they feel held. We don't talk a lot about this. This isn't something that, you know, is normal conversation in our everyday world. But this to me is the key. This is where we start feeling emotionally safe right there in the, well, even before we're born. But I can't emphasize enough how it's nonverbal. It's, it's, we feel safe. We feel loved. We feel held. And that creates the, the development of these healthy neural pathways in the right brain. I feel safe. I feel safe. I feel safe. If we don't get enough of that, if we're left to cry and we're, you know, we're raised in these old beliefs, which many families still do because they just don't have the other story or they can't quite get it. Um, Oh, it's so steeped in tradition that they wouldn't know how to walk away from it. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, well, I turned out all right. Questionable. So those neural connections that are developing actually get pruned off. Like when mm-hmm. you, you know, prune a bush, we don't, get the, we don't get the neural connections in our brain that say, I'm safe, I'm lovable, I'm worthy of love and belonging. And so we develop all these left brain doing, back to the doing yeah. part, all these left brain do, 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 distract myself because it's all unconscious and it's all nonverbal. Right. And, and it's even hard to explain, you know, as I'm trying to give language to something that doesn't have any language here. So it's, it, and it's it was, also a lot to do with not teaching empathy as a child. You know, a child is going to be, you know, from the moment they're born, it's about their survival, what they need. I'm wet, I'm hungry, I'm tired, I this and that. And then it's, it's the navigating of them expressing what their need is. But if we don't teach them compassion and we don't teach them empathy, then they don't develop it. I mean, some children just naturally have it, but some need to be shown it. Don't hit the cat. Don't pull the dog's tail. You know, don't hit your sister over the head with that toy. You know, these are all things that is about compassion and respect, but we need to show the navigation of a child. Mm -hmm. I believe, and I'd love to have your opinion on this, is that those that are not taught that um, end up being very narcissistic, and it's always about the injured child inside of them. It's always about the little child feeling that they're not heard or they're, they're not wanted or, you know, um, it's all about me, me, me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they don't know how to be compassionate or empathic to anybody else. What do you feel? Absolutely. It's, it, there's a healthy narcissism in children when it's all about me. And if they're seen and they're heard and they're validated and they're shown compassion and respect for other people, then they naturally develop out of that. It's all about me. And then it becomes more about a we and an us and and that, but, but early in the first few years, there's a healthy part because that's how they create a sense of identity. Yeah. So yeah, when we overindulge or um, we punitively punish, you know, there's Mm -hmm. all kinds of things that we teach our kiddos, they get confused and then they start to make up other stories about how they're going to get their needs met. And it definitely narcissism is one way there's many ways yeah, manipulation and yeah playing one parent off against the other yeah. Yeah. very cunning can be very cunning <laughs> yeah yeah and bruce lipton who studied well, well he um he was worked in the field of epigenetics it was his idea that we could actually change dna and people thought he was crazy mm-hmm. and now it's well proven that we can change our dna it used to be you're born with what you get and mm-hmm. that's so sad 
but he's found that, you know, with environment mm. and, you know, healthy, uh, these healthy emotional messages. Reprogramming. And, mm -hmm. and that we actually can change our DNA. Right. But by the time we're seven, what's been happening in most cases, by the time we're seven, um, we're in a hypnotic trance because mm. everything that we've learned growing up, we've absorbed like a sponge. Right. And it, it's, it, again, it's unconscious and nonverbal and it is who we are. And we don't necessarily go around thinking about these things, you right. know? Do you find that that's so, you know, people who have not been shown love and compassion that have lived in a state of fear um, and it might not always be their fear. It just could be the fear from the family, you know, Mum's always afraid, dad's always afraid, everybody's always afraid and angry and they just absorb that and they don't know how to manage it. <clears throat> Do you find that a lot of people that as adults, you know, that they are just going to keep living that same programming because they know nothing else. It's also when you see um, a child that's been abused physically, mentally, emotionally, um, when they have their own families, that's what they're going to do to their own family. Although they would never want to do that, but they don't know anything else because it was so instilled in them up until the age of seven. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Which is why I love, <coughs> I love living in the shadow of the two good mother archetype, which was based on my doctoral dissertation on women, women not feeling good enough. Mm -hmm. um, what I was trying to, to, to figure out is, you know, Winnicott, Donald Winnicott coined the term good enough mother. And so I was asking women, well, tell me times when you feel good enough and no one could. And these were all, you know, professional 30 something educated women who had at least um, one teen at home and another child. That was my demographics. And they're like, well, um, let's see. Oh, let's see. I got the cupcakes to the school party on time. <laughs> the doing right yeah, yeah. Mm. there was this absence of feeling good enough and so what i think what i discovered in that is related to what you you said is this unconscious repetition mm. of these patterns and so what happened is we swung like t barry brazelton who was a really well-known um pediatrician who studied parent infant relationships said that when we try not to do the old punitive punishment that we were talking about the 18th century do as i say not as i do mm -hmm. we don't have a story for how to do it different so we swing the opposite direction and we become these permissive parents mm. who let their kids you know rule the roost and he says well, it's it's all about control and so parents trying to control their kids and parents not wanting to control their kids but then the kids control the parents right because it's this unconscious repetition so the work is really making the unconscious conscious yeah and that's what yeah so we're going to keep repeating the patterns which is why these women couldn't feel good enough because right. they're trying so hard to make sure they meet their kids needs but there's this idea of you know picking one or the other i'm gonna i don't want to be punitive but then i go permissive mm -hmm. kids don't feel safe then either they right. kids need guidance and boundaries and structure but they don't need to be punished and shamed in order to create that and there's not a whole lot of models out right on how to do that there's a lot of parenting practices but my work really went into the deeper unconscious pieces because i taught parent for a pediatric group for five mm -hmm. years and i kept and parents kept thinking and the more books I read, the worse I feel. Back to the trying to do it in their head. They're trying to do it as rather than and be it. Be it. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you know, if I have children in their thirties, 
And, you know, I was always like, oh, I wish I'd have been a better mother. I wish I'd done this. But I was in my own turmoil. I was in my own self-discovery. And, you know, I did for my children, you know, the best I could under, you know, the state of mind that I was in. But the one of the things that um, I refused to do was punishment over their action that was consequence of I love you or I don't love you. I love you no matter what, but you're a stupid idiot for doing that. And I'm going to let you know that's got nothing to do with the fact yeah. whether I love you or not love you. I love you. And, you know, and I always looked at it as um, I'm a custodian of the children. Mm -hmm. They're going to make mistakes. I always told them about the boundaries. Learn mm -hmm. to find your boundaries. And if you're willing to push the boundaries, also be willing to pay for the consequences. Right. And take, you know, if you're going to take that risk, is it worth it? And that, you know, if you fall, Mm -hmm. I, you know, as a mother, I have the prerogative to go wackaroo, so to speak. But at the same time, I'm also here to help you get back up. Yeah, that's the love part of it. Yeah, and uh, you know, that's from where I came in. And my mum said to me, "You brought your children up the way you like to be brought up," which I mm -hmm. thought was an interesting statement because we were shoved off to boarding school very young. Okay, <clears throat> but it's—I think we can only do what we know to do. Mm -hmm. um, either instinctively, which was very much uh, a me, or, you know, um, because I didn't want to repeat the same pattern for the way I was brought up. She brought me up the way she understood. Um, but at the same time, the books out there didn't make any sense to me. So it was just navigating instinctively through it and hoping I was doing the right thing. Yeah. And I could be very grateful that my children are in their 30s and, you know, that um, have even if they've taken some wrong paths have found their way back mm -hmm. and that's the important thing and uh we want to beat ourselves up because our kids maybe aren't the doctors and the lawyers and the this is and the, the that and and uh, what you haven't got your phd yet and you're not this and you're not that and it's like comparison 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 and it's like no i am imperfectly unique as sarah and i do not have to compare myself with anyone else but then this is the, you must, you have to, everybody else is doing it that way. So you must do it that way. And that just throws us off into another tailspin, doesn't it? But that's the doing again. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that breaks my heart because, you know, even in preschool now, it, the goal is to get to the Ivy League school. And maybe oh. that's part of this paradigm shift that's going to happen, mm. you know, with this, all that's going on with, with education right now um i think there's more many more important things than you know abcs and one two threes in preschool there's it, children need to learn how to get along socially they need to understand their emotions and you know i've consulted with preschools and and help them create more social emotional curriculums and it's so still so foreign from what we're doing we're so focused on the doing the abcs and one two threes when, you know, the, and, the, and they're measuring the person up oh you don't know your abcs you must be stupid and the testing and yes the, oh yeah so i failed at every one of those <laughs> yeah we have a lot of cleanup to do on how we're oh, yeah. healthy beings yes you know and yes my children are in the 30s as well and i have three grandchildren and you Lucky. know <laughs> yeah, and I can't, I haven't seen them because of this. Uh, it's, they, yeah. they don't live here. So, but we see each other on this mm. way. It's uh, not anyway. the same though. You want to hug, right? You want to put wanna... your arms around and go. <laughs> 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 I'm so craving that. Um, I still do that to my kids, much to their own embarrassment. <laughs> I, I know. 
And so my children are amazing human beings. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, they're, they're, it's, it's wonderful to watch. Yeah. I don't think I did. I certainly didn't do anything right. I certainly made a lot of mistakes and Mm -hmm. I certainly can beat myself up a lot because I wanted to be the the perfect mother too. That's just, that's why I researched it. There's no such thing as perfect. We're all. By whose expectation though? Who laid out this perfect path? Yeah. Well, again, I think it goes back to the suppression of the feminine. You know, women Mm -hmm. have been told that they have to be a certain way, but then by golly, you can't have freedom and Mm -hmm. in your own sense of self. Yeah. And and also very much that women have to raise their children to be of service to men. Yeah. In whatever way that the man comes first, leave it little woman leave it up to the man to decide. I got that in my house um, almost burnt down and I'm dealing with the insurance people. Um, and my husband, quite honestly, shut off. He just couldn't cope with it. And I was there with the builders and there with everything else. And, and literally the, the insurance guy, don't worry, dear, I'll just deal with your husband. And my husband wasn't anywhere, you know, he was gone. <laughs> like he didn't want to have anything to do with it. Just go and rebuild it. And that, you know, condescending. <laughs> Well, women, <laughs> women couldn't even buy a house on their own until 1970. I mean, we think like that was only 50 years ago. Yes. So, you yes. know, we don't realize that because it's so different now. I think especially the young girls today, mm-hmm. they need to be reminded of that. Yes. And I also think that the feminist movement was a way for women to get their power back, but they did it in the masculine I know. world. Yes. And that breaks my heart too, because yes. then it's like, homemaking, tending the hearth, raising the children gets shoved over here as something that we get done because you while, we're, anything we're, else. while we're working instead yeah. of going, well, how are ways that I can feel power, my power in the world and be a whole woman and work outside the home and inside the home. But, but this whole homemaking piece doesn't get, that's the part that got suppressed. And I think that's the part that's so hard for women um, today is to realize that there are many, many full-time jobs that women do as mothers that, you know, you can't do and, and work full-time outside the home unless you have the resources to pay yep. housekeepers and nannies or yes. your husband is really involved or you've got family. Somebody's got to share that load. Yeah. We didn't yeah. talk about that much. We talked about, no. how, you know, hard it was to do it all, but we didn't, never really talked about how we can feel powerful as women knowing that that work is powerful work. Right. And we've kind of like squished it like, Oh, it's just, I mean, I was, um, um, you know, I tried opening up a couple of businesses. Sorry, I'm really hot here today. Um, you know, and, uh, it would always be, Oh, the children are suffering. And, uh, so, you know, give them up and go back home. And, and I was a stay at home mom and, um, and, and I consider that definitely a gift for me because I was also kind of a neighborhood mom and kids used to come stay with me, a safe house and all of that. I took motherhood very seriously for me. This was my career. And, uh, you know, um, he once kind of made a comment, you know, about the luxury of just being able to stay home and do soap opera, uh, watch soap operas all day. And then I wrote him a bill, um, you know, uh, housework, how much you would pay to do my job, uh, nanny, um, uh, cook, uh, driver, uh, this and that, even the sex goddess, and gave him the bill and said, quite honestly, you can't afford me. 
That's perfect. <laughs> perfect. It's so true. I, I met a woman who runs the Motherhood Museum. She was in New York for many years, and now she moved down to Florida. And I went down to her museum, and all uh, the whole room is covered in photographs of different professions that and how much each profession makes and all of those women do as mothers. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I really think that that's the important part is being able to acknowledge that this is really hard work. Yes. But it doesn't mean we can't work outside of the home. No. It means that we have to really hold that motherhood as a big, a big job. It is a big job. I'm, I'm very often thankless, you know, until the kids have kids. And then they suddenly look at you in a different way. And I've, I've, you know, I am very lucky that my own kids have come to me and go, look, mom, if it hadn't been from you, I would have gone and taken that road. But it was your face and your love that had me come back. And that, you know, for me, is like, oh, oh, I did something right. And I wasn't anywhere near him at the time but it was purely my love for him I can't do this to my mother she loves me too much mm-hmm. and took a different road and that is I get teased because I'm always wanting to like, kiss and hug them at six foot this time. you know that's who I am I'm no grandkids yet so until they give me grandkids they get smooches I got grand puppies grand cats and a grand restaurant but no grandkids yet uh, they're all taking their time and say hurry up before I get too old and you're pushing us both around in a chair <laughs> but I think the, the, the thing is is um, respect what the woman has to contribute. If she wants to stay home and raise the children, understand that is a profession. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, you don't pay her for it, but you should. It Mm -hmm. should be allocated that there is money that is hers, unquestionably, to do what she wants to do with it. Mm -hmm. If she wants to educate herself while staying at home, be behind her, let her do that. If she wants to start a business from home, Great. I mean, what is this? It's always got to be about the men's career, you know, or you've got to have a career or be a mother, but you can't do both. Right. And look at what's going on now. You know, well, one, we have an economy that doesn't allow for a lot of women to choose to stay home, which that breaks my heart. Yes. Like my two daughters who are having to go back into the school system and be, you know, around, you know, I saw there was a, I think Michigan is is requiring parents to sign a death waiver that if your child dies from COVID in school, ridiculous, they won't be ridiculous. So we're putting not only can women not afford to stay home. Now we have what's going on with the schools. And there was a great article the New York Times did not too long ago about women can't um, stay home and work anymore because they're actually having to take care of the kids and homeschool yeah. while the kids are home yeah. and there's no childcare while they work. If they're working on zoom or whatever, right. they can't do it. You know, so it's a whole different can't do it all. Now it's the kids and work are all in the home and there's no way you can see it actually more clearly all that we're talking about. Right. Yes. There's yes. like all these responsibilities of parenting that we've kind of pushed on our, our, our very underpaid and, uh, often an educated child, um, edu- you know, preschool teachers yeah. or, you know, we've shoveled them off to school because we've got to get to work. And then or nannies or this and that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now, I mean, the reality is, uh, it, yes, in an ideal world, if we could feel 
valued as women and mothers and be able to choose working outside of the home and and we you know women don't make as much as men even now you know on the dollar you know they're we're still underpaid so we have a long way to go we've made some progress we have a long way to go but I again I don't think that the young girls today realize that this has only been you know, we, it, was, it, was, it was exactly 100 years ago that we got the right to vote, right? And how long did that take before, you know, it's rather like the Black Lives Matter. They yeah. supposedly had their freedom, but yeah. they're still segregated yeah. in so many ways. And women are too. I mean, the Me Too movement, definitely an excellent movement where we're at least looking at, you know, misogyny and sexual abuse. and empower, you know, um, But what we're, what we're still fighting for is uh, this is the vessel I'm in. It's female. You're a male vessel. If I could do the same job as you, why am I not paid the same? Right. Why can you not respect me for what my contribution is? And you have to look at me either as a sexual object or as a lesser object because I am female. And this is, you know, I woke up one day, literally in the middle of the night and thought, we can't bash the men. Mm -hmm. We have to educate them. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Right? And it's because, you know, even us sons, are being brought up by the fathers uh, to that this is acceptable. Yeah. And, you know, my son's surrounded by, you know, two sisters and his girlfriend and, you know, so, and his mother. <laughs> so for him, it's like, try that. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't going to work, right? And I think if we educate the men, educate the boys, we're going to see that difference in the way that they treat people, but they're going to treat women the way they've been brought up and the way society has dictated. So the system is broken on the home front, in the workforce, in society as a whole, and that system needs to be scratched and redone. Such a good point. I, I think the men are having a, even a harder time understanding because men and women are wired very differently, and I hate to yeah. be gender specific, but let's let's face it. You know, we have wombs, men have penises. You know, yes. we're just biologically That's... different. And <laughs> you know, I know with all the transgender and all the gender identity pieces now, I think part of that is to wake us up that yeah. you know, even though we're wired differently or biologically different, we're all searching for the sense of wholeness of this inner masculine and feminine. And yeah. in psychology, they call it the inner marriage. But it's been so out of balance with so much of the strong male patriarchal yeah. power and control that the feminine has been, you know, kind of suppressed and misunderstood because it is it is mysterious. It is that right brain nonverbal piece. And in the Native American traditions, the medicine woman actually teaches the medicine man. Mm -hmm. Because we, because we are wired a little bit differently, we women tend to, and again, I hate to stereotype men and women because it's not necessarily gender. It's just, but it's also the, the, the way we're made up, right? The, the women the DNA. Tend, yeah. like Mary Magdalene. I believe yes. Mary Magdalene taught Jesus, you yes. know? But yet there, she was written off as a whore and, a pro, you know, and she was a, a terrible. Of course she was. Of course she was. Yeah. And a blessed mother never had sex. You know? Right. Yeah. Anyway, so. We're in this place of the men really need the women to teach them. I joined when I, a few years ago, a woman moved to Boulder and she started the Women's Network and she wanted me to be on the board of directors and we were doing focus groups. And I, I said, you know what? I've been in women's groups now for 20 some years and we're not going to do anything until we can bring in the men. Right. You know, we have to educate men in, and 
and again, we're talking about things that don't have a lot of language. So we look at the Me Too movement and all the protests with the racism, and people are saying, we're fighting for something that we've asked for for years, but we've given lip service to, and nobody's really paying attention to how we can create a new paradigm right. or yes. create a real shift. We're just going through the motions of pretending. And that's why, you know, so many people are saying, you know, I'm not racist, but you are racist. And, you know, what are you, what they're really saying is we really aren't listening to the core essence of our true self, which again is back to love, you know, right. which, like we said earlier, seems yeah. easy. Yep. Everything why goes back why to love. Why can't we just do that? <laughs> yeah. Why can't we do that in the first place? You know, we're born of love mostly. Uh, we're raised with love, hopefully. And that and everything that we do in kindness and caring is an act of love. Yeah. And and uh, whatever faith you're in, if you have a God that doesn't rule by love, mm-hmm. love and forgiveness, then I'm sorry, I don't want to be a part of that God because God is love. It's right. not about judgment and hell and fire and persecution. Uh, or conditions it's about unconditional love and we are a part of that we are dna part of that makeup there and when we step into that love of self um when then that is when we start becoming abundant and that abundance will you know cut will run off over and the more love we share of self the more love we have to give and the more that it's received and the more that it grows i have a saying right now that actionism is the new activism Activism is about shouting out about it. Actionism is doing something about it. And we're at that stage and I was stepping up and going, what can we contribute? What can we do? And just turning around and recognizing someone for who they are. Yeah. Not why they are. What is their makeup? What is their background? Who they are. I, right. I wrote an article, I wish for a colorless world. And, you know, immediately attacked by some people about, well, you don't care about the skin and this and that. And I honor that the skin you're in is your heritage. Mm-hmm. It's your ethnicity of your, your culture. And I embrace that culture. But I actually see you from your heart and soul. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what vessel you're in. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, what I would love to see it called is Black Rights Matter. Mm-hmm. Because what are we talking about? We're talking about their rights. as a human being to have equality as we are with women as we are even with the planet as we are with the education as we are with the health system we're looking for that equality what is the quality balance Mm -hmm. we are so out of balance right now Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that cosmic two by four has come along and flattened us all around the world and there's chaos and there's disruption and there's anger but out of that also comes creativity it also comes inspiration it also comes clarity mm-hmm. and it's inviting us to change the systems so if you don't like what's going on out there what are you going to do about it we don't want the rant and rave right. we would like you to step into that love within you ignite it and start sharing it right right and yeah the question what would love do you know is one i ask myself and again i do believe that's and i, I keep going back to mary magdalene but mm. You know, I believe that's what they were here to teach. They they would like, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. The kingdom of God is within. If yes. you want to know about 
the kingdom of God, look to the children. Mm -hmm. um, Jesus would say, if, you know, nobody wants to hear what I have to say, I brush the dirt from my feet and I walk on, yeah. you know, very different from our Christians today who profess the opposite of a mm. lot of what Jesus yeah. actually taught. Yes. So, you know, again, how we've cut off the true meaning of what is love. You know, love is definitely compassion for mm. every sentient being. And um, that means treating them with respect and kindness and as well as ourselves. Yeah. And it, isn't it interesting how we haven't done that well for quite a long time? No, I mean, every week I do a show of myself, you know, just Sarah's view of life and I just share a perspective. And sometimes I have, hmm, I'm going to talk about this this week. And sometimes I may write it. Sometimes I just push the button and speak it. And I pushed the button this week and, it, and, I, and I was a bit of a kind of a dizzy dizzy, you know, getting into the groove. And I realized I need a nothingness day. Yeah. I need a day where there's nothing expected of me. Mm. I haven't got a schedule. Nobody's demanding anything of me. I can just sleep all day or go and do what I want. And I don't even have to dictate what it is I want. Just allow whatever that is because I'm feeling out of balance and I'm feeling stretched out and I need a nothingness day. Yeah. And I think we all need sometimes to step into nothingness, the abyss, blind, deaf and dumb in order to hear, see and feel because we're so busy controlling everything yeah. that we don't allow. One of my favorite quotes that was on a card given to me in seventh grade by Sister Claire, who was an amazing human being. Um, we find ourselves in the quiet moments when the earth pauses and we are still. And I keep that in my heart all the time and, and, and remember that what you just said is so important. Like Sunday. Well, there's no more Sundays anymore. People no. are running to Costco and running mm. errands and doing things. There's no rest. Preparing for the next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in nature, we learn so much in nature about yeah. back to the being versus the doing. Yeah. The trees aren't running around trying to make sure that they get fruit. You know, they're they're just being. They're yeah. in their essence. And nature happens. And yeah, we all can learn that, but we get in our fear and that gets the busy, busy yeah. do 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 do. And that's what's created, you know, a lot of destruction on the planet. If we follow the kind of the nature cycle. Of four seasons I did a wonderful show on on the menstrual cycle and she has come up with you know um, uh, the four seasons to do with our menstrual cycle of each week you're in a state of, of particular chemistry beingness and if your family knows where you're at they know this isn't the week to ask her to do something right this is the week she's creative hey quickly <laughs> pylon she'll do anything right but it's understanding that this is the chemistry of our bodies Mm -hmm. And when we tap into our seasons within our bodies, our seasons within our minds, our seasons within what we need, we will actually understand better and take this pressure off ourselves to be, quote, perfect. Mm -hmm. I think being beautifully imperfect is what makes you so unique. Mm -hmm. And the moment you stop striving for perfection, the more you understand life could be pretty perfect just as it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's another example of the feminine and how women are wired different. We have yeah. these cycles. Mm -hmm. We're, you know, just like the moon. Oftentimes, mm -hmm. women cycles are with the moon, and the tide is, yes. is controlled by the moon. And there's a rhythm. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing. It's interesting because you know I love like we're in a new moon right now, and I love new moons because mm -hmm. you know, they say they're all about you know some starting new things. And full moons are things have come to fruition. And so I, I always like to pause 
on new and full moons and just reflect on that what's new in a new moon and what's come to fruition for me in a full moon but we have these cycles and in this pandemic i it's even more profound to me when we, we're in so much uncertainty and so much change one thing i know for sure is the the rhythm of the moon <laughs> ain't going to change <laughs> nor the sun nope. nor the seasons nope. well we're changing the, the no, we're changing those yes yes yeah uh, again is back to how human you know human beings not honoring those cycles can yes. really wreak havoc on you know the the natural order and the rhythm it's a rhythm everything it to do in life is a rhythm everything is to do with tone we are particles of the universe that makes us up we are the same energy of the universe just being encapsulated in a dna tissue uh, but our bodies need a rhythm our minds need a rhythm our souls need a rhythm the planet works on the rhythm and when you go with the flow and you tap into that energy you're in succinct with the energy around you and you no longer kind of live by this itinerary of got to do and you just simply enjoy being who you are and understand being who you are is not you know I've, another posting i put up that i'm not everybody's cup of tea i'm somebody's strong cup of black coffee right i don't have to be everybody's cup of tea it's yeah. all right i'm me i'm sarah as quirky as i am mm -hmm. and you can take me or leave me i am not going to be offended Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and that's that's a, a lot of work to get to that place oh yes <laughs> yes a willingness to right yeah because there is so much pressure to be and do things yeah. a certain way and again it, it's it becomes all unconscious mm -hmm. and we're in a trance and mm -hmm. we break the spell so to speak and and that's why my work is authenticity architects because I, I talk about reconstructing the authentic self let's Let's remember those parts of ourselves that maybe we, you know, shut down because we were told to be or do things yeah. a certain way. And where is this authentic self? And I love the word architect. I was watching, there's a TV show about these homes, these really fancy homes. From around the world? Yeah. Yes, I know, it's I, amazing, isn't it? I don't remember the name of it, but I was, I was fascinated by architecture just you know, listening to the stories of how the architects decided how they wanted to create these spectacular homes and why and what was behind it, what they wanted. Well, it's the same thing with the architect of self, you know, and that's what I help people yeah. do is, well, what do you really want? You know, what do you what want do you, to build for yourself? Yeah. yeah what, what's your authentic self? So it's a hero's journey, as Joseph Campbell would say, of, of allowing yourself to really go into yeah. the depths to really meet those parts of yourself that maybe you've hidden or, or mm -hmm. you know. we're never allowed to, to even discover. I mean, this is why this network is called self-discovery. Aren't we always in discovery of self? And even when you found yourself at a certain level, you go, uh, this is great. I really like who I am right now. And then something else comes along that's going to challenge you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your old self would have gone, no, panic, chaos, etc. And your new self goes, oh, okay, all right, roll up the sleeves. Let's use yeah. the tools and the intuition that I have and face this because we don't, we sell ourselves short all the time on who we are and what we're capable of. Mm -hmm. And if we step into wonderment and self-discovery, can I do this? Well, I don't know. Let's give it a try. Yeah. Let's try it. And then when you do succeed in doing it, you go, you know, I didn't know I could do that. That's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's okay to have that pride of your achievements. 
because for so long we've been told what is an achievement mm -hmm. and and uh, how important that achievement is and but when we have our own personal achievements it's like I'm, you know i've done this because of me of who i am why i am then it's like i'm i'm at one with self <laughs> And, you know, as Eckerd Tolle talks about in The Power of Now, it's learning how to be really present in the moment because really yeah. that's all we got right now. Yes. And the gift of the present is in the now. Yeah. We don't know what's mm. going to happen in the future with this pandemic and how it's all going to play out. And we're so trying to figure it out, you know. But right now, it's that radical acceptance and being, how do we be in the present moment and find safety in the moment? I mm -hmm. suggest my um, clients, and I do it myself sometimes when I'm in, like, oh my gosh, this feels too stressful. Mm -hmm. um, in the Corona coaster. Yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> find like five, five things that are going on right now that are comfortable and safe, and it helps your body come back right. into present moment safety. Because even though we're in a lot of stress, we can usually find five things, usually like, Maybe um, the chair I'm sitting on is soft or my cat is sleeping in the chair or, mm. you know, I have some beautiful roses in the in the vase or, you know, I've got some um, food cooking in the crock pot. And then it's like, oh, OK. And it, it kind of we want to get our body into feeling body safety in the moment. Yes. It's all we got right now. And, and, and you know, as Eckhart Tolle and the other teachers of present moment mindfulness is you know the point of power is in the present moment and the more that's how we really rewire those neural networks that say i'm safe and i'm lovable yeah. is by being really present in the moment that's hard um for a lot of people to do yes again we're busy doing trying right to exactly and but being present in the moment and allowing is uh, you know not only in your in your nothingness you know it's, it's like traveling up into the universe in space you're in everything and nothingness all at once Mm -hmm. Right. Everything, you know, for, for me, it's always about the, the soul knowledge mm -hmm. that, you know, comes through the soul as the wisdom. It resonates with the heart and truth and it goes to the spirit into action and the mind will know what it needs to know when it needs to know it. Mm -hmm. And I call that the knowingness. And if we're in our moment, if we're in our stillness, if we're in our nothingness, we will then open up the channels of knowledge that we need to know right now, which is the answer that we need for the next moment. Absolutely. And I think most people are terrified of nothing. Yeah. And, do you ever see the movie, The Neverending Story? Yes. One of our favorites. <laughs> Seen it many times. Yes. search <laughs> of the nothing. I'm going to find yes. the nothing. Yeah. 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 And we, we are a skater. We will always want an explanation. Mm -hmm. And I think when you let go of the explanation, there is an understanding of certain things because by understanding how something works, you know how to use it better. But you know, the, the thing about the knowingness is, is you do not need to verify, validate, justify it. Just simply it is. And to step into it is, is, is hard for a lot of people. But when you get there, when you get there, that is your clarity. You don't need any more than that. Mm -hmm. Well, and it reminds me of the spiritual teaching, I am, you know, I mm -hmm. am, I am is really about, I am, it's about present moment. Yes. It's about I am that I am. It's not about some God outside. It's about I am is, is a meditation, is a mindfulness, is a, is a presence of being me. I yeah. Am. Yeah. And the thing is, is um, <clears throat> when we look at life, um, we're all here to find our meaningful purpose. We're all here for a reason. We're all gifted with particular tools. So what instrument are you? 
how well have you learned to play it and where is your orchestra because when you join that orchestra in sync with the other players you're now creating a symphony that really resonates out yeah. in healing and in invitation yeah. but we've got to stop looking at everybody else being our healers right. instead of looking at how can i use their skills and tools to heal myself because the responsibility always comes back on us doesn't it absolutely again yeah permission to feel our feelings and permission to to really explore who i am and mm -hmm not necessarily base it on what everyone else yeah. I mean, it's it yeah so many people do that well i can't do that because so and so will feel this or think this or yeah. say this or do that well what do you want yeah and is it kind and is yes it respectful? Mm -hmm. if it's kind and respectful and you it you feel that that is true for you to me i'd go with that <laughs> yeah and, and if you have got somebody you know one of the hard things with this is that you are going to have to leave people behind because they're not ready to move forward. They're not ready for this journey. And they will come out and attack you because they're now feeling an abandonment. Do not take it personally. I like the four codes of, you know, do your very best. Uh, don't take things so personally. Um, speak from authenticity. And what's the other one? Don't take anything personal. Did you say that one? Yes. Don't take anything personal. Be impeccable with your word. It's so funny. I always have a hard time. I know. I live by these codes and I always forget them when I have to articulate them. But, and I think it's just do your very best based on what you feel is your best. Oh, yeah. Do your right? best. Do your best. Yeah. And the thing is, is that you're not responsible for how that person feels. Mm -hmm. And you can just send them love and hope that they are willing to take their own journey. But you are 100% responsible for how you feel about your own journey right we have to take ownership do you have any of your books in front of you that you can show us oh, that's so funny because i i i can get them they're right here yes no uh, fine we're going to wait right. for you to get them so for the people watching the video they can see them and you'll have to see my sweatpants from the bottom yeah up. well that's COVID. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea what i'm wearing on the bottom here <laughs> I have. This is the latest one. Thanks for asking. Yeah. This okay. is for therapist. It looks like it's backwards on the screen. It's shame informed therapy, uh, treatment strategies for overcoming core shame and reconstructing the authentic self. So it's a workbook for therapists to use with their clients, but people can use it individually too. My next book, hopefully, is going to be a workbook for just anyone to use themselves. Mm -hmm. um, this, Letters to Freedom, is a memoir of grief. My fiance died of a sudden heart attack um, the same way my father died when I was 11. So I wrote the story in hopes it would help people with grief. And then this is the book we've talked a lot about, yeah. Living in the Shadow of the Two Good Mother Archetype. And that's based on my doctoral research of women not feeling good enough. So those are my three my three books and there's a lot more in me. So yet to come. Right. Yes. And, and you know, I... I respect people that can write them. Everybody's been wanting a book from me for ages, but it's, I don't have time. <laughs> You're up there. I know. I know. It is it's very, it's very time consuming. And yeah. it, you really, yeah, it's a dedicated chunk of your life for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but my website is pattyashley.com. Patty yes. Can you spell the Patty Ashley for people who are listening? P-A-T-T-I-A-S-H-L-E-Y. 
And so links to the Amazon, to the books. Also, I have some courses that I'm, I'm doing. One is Go In, Not Out, which is free mm-hmm. on my learning platform. But it relates to what we were talking about, about doing our inner work. Um, and what else is on my website? Links if you want to do some Authenticity Architect coaching with me online. Mm. Um, a lot of the videos that I and audios that I've done and yeah, lots on my website. So a lot of resources there. Uh, do you have, um, you know, a, a sign up if people want to just kind of have a chat with you to see if there is a synergy? Um, I suggest they, it, it, no. <laughs> <laughs> because what's happened when I've offered that in the past is it's hard to keep it at 10 minutes. And yes. so I suggest people sign up for your 50 minute session and you, and we really have some time to decide if it's a good fit or not. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, it's also kind of, you know, by listening to these shows and by looking at your books and looking at your site, if you haven't got, you know, the indication whether this person is for you or not, you're not going to get it exactly. in any other way. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm just so busy. I, I stopped doing that a while ago because of yeah. that. No, something minutes. has to give. That's the adjustment, right? You know, you have to go with what really works and let go of what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And even though oh, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do this. We know what works for you. Yeah. What helps you be the best of what you do, yeah. uh, you know, best being that you are in what you do yeah. is where it should be. And if something else is taking time away from that, then no, let it go. Yeah. 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 Excellent. So pattyashley.com, um, LinkedIn, Facebook, are you all under that name or under a different name? Uh, oh, Patty Ashley everywhere. Um, right. I do do a Facebook Live, too, on Friday at 11 on my Dr. Patty Ashley page. Excellent. My Facebook page. Um, so, yeah. You can Excellent. find about everybody, everywhere just by Googling my name. Right. Exactly. And so much to learn there. And, you know, we, 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 we were talking about the grief and this and that. And, of course, it went into kind of the women archetype, the, the mothers and everything else. And I think for so many people, and I know for myself on my own self-journey, that it, it was – um, an incubation of myself to be reborn and giving birth to myself and then kind of navigating this new person and, you know, what I wanted around me and what I don't want around me and, and the, you know, the wonderment, but, you know, oh, I can't go there. You know, this is not who I am now, who I am now prefers to go with that wind over there. So it's don't be afraid to kind of take the journey or to birth yourself, you know, a new way because, then it's uh, it's your choice and you're going with the flow and you're going from the inside out and uh, you'll be so much more uh, beneficial to others as well as to yourself. Right. And as we were talking about transforming grief and fear into yeah. love and grace, we, you know, just briefly, we didn't really spend a whole lot of time with that, but we kind of did because yes, we it was all about, about love and grace, yeah. from that, whatever you're coming from. Yeah, but we have to let go of the old in order to have the new. I do have a to. lot of, of dream work. Um, and one of my dear friends is a really uh, a phenomenal dream worker who's worked with some of the best people in the biz in the in the field. Um, and we always say death and dreams is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, because we get so scared again, literally, mm-hmm. uh, we have a literal death in a, a dream that we take literal when yes. there's death, we wake up terribly frightened. But it's really a good thing because what does it mean? It means that something in myself that isn't working and suiting and serving me anymore is dying off. So, what yeah. is this 
death in the dream represent? What am I letting go of in order for something else to be born? And that's what you were saying is we're birthing, we're rebirthing ourselves. And and again, just like the cycles of the moon, yeah. can't have one without the other. Nope. You can't be birthing no babies if there haven't been some deaths going on. <laughs> there's no, like my kids when they were little, why do we have to die? I'm like, there's not enough room on the planet. You know, we right. just, yeah. we, we've got to, I mean, but again, like, another total subject, what is death? It's the end of a vessel. Yeah. But the essence of you now, where does it go? It goes on. It becomes part of that, that energy platform for the next generations. And if we don't come back again. But in, uh, that when we look at the planet again, winter, it dies. And you think nothing will ever grow again. Mm -hmm. And then come spring with a little rain, all of a sudden everything is in full bloom. Well, you know, our vessel may die, but that doesn't mean that our seed doesn't regrow again in some form or other way. I believe that. I used to make a joke when I went into parent ed that the reason I wanted to do this is because I believe in reincarnation. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take several generations for parents to do this parenting thing better. <laughs> yes. well, I want to come back then. <laughs> yeah, and always come back. I mean, I don't mind coming back, but I don't want to come back to the, you know, the last 2,000 years of struggle I've had. Thank you. I'd like to come back into the state of being I am now and continue my work on that. And I do actually firmly believe that the energy that you pass over in is the energy that you will come back in. Right. I do too. And and I feel like, I don't know why we do it the way we do it here on this planet, but we do. And, and, and there's a lot of struggle. And I think we're trying, we're struggling against the struggle and trying not to feel struggle. And as Carl Jung says, what we resist persists and often grows stronger. So kind of surrendering to this is life on planet earth. And we have things like COVID and we have yeah. things like racism and I don't understand it because, again, we were talking earlier, why can't we just, my son, when he was eight, he said, Mom, you could never be president because you could never go to war because you're always saying, be nice. Yes. <laughs> yes. Whereas my 87-year-old uh, that I live with here, she says, I don't understand it. I want to write to the news. Don't they know it's just a pigment of, of the skin? <laughs> you know, what's this big deal about what color they are? And, and she, as a nurse way back in the 40s, actually had somebody instead of having a blood transfusion from a black man died instead of doing that oh gosh so you know it's like i don't want black babies and the thing is we've got to understand that this ignorance has been passed down for centuries and it's being conducted and manipulated and the cnn effect take a pimple make it into a volcanic eruption fear keeps us in control yeah. And it exactly. makes us puppets for somebody else to pull the strings. So if you want free will and you want to make your own choices and you want to live your own life, be willing to cut those strings. Absolutely. More love rather than fear is definitely what we need on our planet. Yeah. Love will make the world go round. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's challenging because we're in a lot of fear. Let's face right. it. Well, there's a lot of people. But then isn't this an opportunity to be loving towards one another? Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, if, you, if you've got somebody that's in fear, isn't some of your loving kindness going to be something that you can blanket with them to take away that fear? So shouldn't we use love as the instrument at the present moment to help us combat the fear? Yeah, it sounds easy. But what people do is they go into a nervous system fear response and yeah. they react in certain ways, trying to feel safe. And it's unconscious. The frontal lobe's offline. So again, that's why present moment is so important, coming back into yeah. present moment safety and, and learning these things that 
we've been talking about today so we can realize that you know there there's a bigger picture there's a bigger way of being other than in fear but when we're yeah. in fear we we can't get our frontal lobe online i know well i mean fear is is crippling fear yeah. is 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 laying yourself open to victimization Mm-hmm. Because the decisions that we make while we're in fear will never, ever benefit you. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, you're, you're walking into a forest in the middle of the night with the wolves. So, you know, that's a common sense fear. Mm-hmm. All right. But I'm talking about this fear of, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I don't know this and I don't know that. Well, step into wonderment instead of, I don't know fear. So I totally forgot because in, in my first book, I have this exercise at the end of each chapter based on the themes and, and I ask, are you doing these things out of love or are you doing them out of fear? Mm. So there's these reflective exercises um, in the, about each of the themes that came up in my book because it's hard to sort it out. Because we yeah. like, if, I'm, if I'm pushing my child to do well in school, to go to an Ivy League school because I think that's gonna make me a better parent, is that love or is that fear? And where is that fear coming from? Is it the expectation that that child is only going to get ahead in life with an Ivy League, is only going to be important with that status, is uh, only going to be loved if they achieve that? Right. Because now what, pres- what are we saying to the child? Unless you reach that Ivy League and become someone important, you're unlovable. Mm-hmm. And then it goes back to me as a mom. Yeah. How does that reflect upon me? I'm a good mom if my child ends up in the Ivy League school. Right. I have this expectation that this means I'm a good mom and that means my kid did well. That's all fear. Yes. So love is again, letting go and allowing and seeing, I have to share my favorite quote with you by Catherine Kersey, the woman I studied early childhood with, um, which was an, she's an amazing teacher. Um, She says, children come into the world very much like a packet of seeds with no cover on the front. Mm -hmm. And it's our job very much like the gardener to provide the adequate water, air, nutrition, and light to raise that seed to its highest potential. It's not our job to raise a rose into a carnation or a carnation into a rose. And I think parents are so afraid all the time of making sure their kids are okay, making sure they're good parents, that they can't sit back and say, oh, be curious. What is the seed that has no cover on the front? You know, Mm -hmm. the curiosity of allowing and seeing our children grow. All my children, I have four, they have looks on their faces now that I saw the minute they were born. Right. They have that essence. You say soul. Yeah. I believe in that. And I believe, you know, essence is another word I use that it's like, there's something that they come into the world with that's very unique. And it's my job as a parent to allow them to, as you were saying, the orchestra yeah. idea to really find out what is their symphony? What, what yeah. role are they playing? What is their instrument? And, and when we're not in fear, back to the nothingness, that happens. But it's we just, allow. We allow. No, we don't dictate. There's no. We explore them. You know, I, I think if you could, if you could look at your child and go into wonderment with your child, you will learn to see things differently, and it will reset the child within you, and it would also teach you more appreciation and gratitude, and also teach you more what is important. Our children are here to teach us right now. Oh, another one of my favorite quotes, Jordan and Margaret Paul, children are divine teachers. When we mm-hmm. fail to see their light, it is our vision that needs clearing. Yeah. I learned more from my four children than any of my yeah. three degrees. You yes. Know, anything else in life, they've taught me everything. 
and and we have to be willing to to see that they can teach us yes and that the old school telling them what to do and be for our own needs and out of our own fear really isn't serving anyone yeah I think that's why as a parent I had a lot of conflict with other parents because I was um you know all about you know yeah I mean do you don't slack off and don't you know I can't be bothered and that was a different thing um but if you're in discovery of self and and math isn't it uh or this isn't it what is what's your instrument let's explore you know and they pick up something and they think that's their instrument and then from there no no this i like this but it's not my instrument i'm still exploring and this thing about make up your mind stick to one thing bulderdash i've never been able to stick to one thing except for these radio shows now for the last eight years uh it has our parenting the most certainly stuck to that but it's all about well where is the wind taking me now what do i need to know and sometimes some people need to know all of the instruments because they're going to be a future conductor. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love Michelle Obama's title for her book, Becoming, and that's yes. why she titled it Becoming, because she said, you know, we're always still becoming. Yeah. We, we, and like you said, you know, you change. We, we do. We want to. We don't yes. want to stay stagnant and, and, and oh. stuck in something that, you know, isn't working for us, but that doesn't mean where we are right now isn't okay. It just simply means we're always becoming. Yeah. There's always more um, if we're open and willing. Open and willing mm-hmm. to let go of the reins, to let go of the control and go with the flow and reach out to the people that we have a synergy with that have skills and tools to help us and show us how to use them on our own journey of life. And that's all you're there for. You're not there to fix someone. You're there to help somebody, not even fix themselves, but redirect themselves to a place of beingness that is more beneficial for them and makes them a better human being as contributors on the planet. Yep, absolutely. I think we all have to do the work ourselves, but we don't have to do it alone. And I think that's the key. You know, people are looking outside for somebody to do it for them. And then they think, well, I can't do it by myself. Well, the people out there, the best people, I feel are, are guides. They're not yeah. gurus. I mean, yes. I, I live in a, a, a Boulder, Colorado, where there's a lot of gurus, you know, <laughs> people out there who say they are enlightened and they can yeah. give the you prophet, the, the guru, the shaman. Yes, exactly. It's, um, yeah. We need a guide. We don't need yeah. a guru. We yeah. need somebody to give us some guidance to find the answers in here because they're right. all in us all along. Yeah somebody to guide us, somebody maybe even to teach us how to use the instrument, but it's all about teaching the person how to use it in their own light, not in theirs. And I think that's as teachers that we need to understand if we're stepping into a teacher or a guiding role. It's not like do it my way. It worked for me. Mm -hmm. It's that these are the tools that worked for me. This is how I use them. You use them in the way that works for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I learned that in my early childhood uh, studies on individualized instruction, which again, we still don't do that so well in schools these days. We have a long way to go, but yes. Yeah. I I mean, school and I never mixed, uh, (laughs) never mixed at all. Um, I actually, because I'm a knowingness person, I I got exempted from a few classes when I went to live in South Africa because of the language. And I would be with the music teacher, the art teacher, and I'd end up counseling them. And uh, it, there was, you know, I'm going to counsel you today. No, it's just that where they were at, I felt the energy and I seemed to have the answer that they needed at the time. I didn't understand what the answer was. I was just channeling it and allowing it to happen. And they realized Sarah's a different person. 
-hmm. and there, you can't teach her in the way that we can teach others mm -hmm. because she has to learn in a different way. And for me, I've learned through life, through mm -hmm. experience life, through living life, from being a part of life, good and bad, whatever cosmic roller coaster we've been on. And don't you think it's about inner trust? I mean, I yes. think that's the part that we lose. The hardest, I think. The hardest. Yeah. Yeah, you know, to trust yourself. <laughs> yeah, and your name, you know, there's rumor has it that Mary Magdalene's daughter, Mary and Jesus had a daughter named Sarah. I don't know if you know that or not. Well, I, yeah, I know that the Arabic spelling is without the H and the um, Israeli spelling is with the H and it both, both mean princess. So... It's a beautiful name. I love it. It's one of my favorites. And, uh, you know, I always say I'd far rather be the princess than the queen. <laughs> we have more fun. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, definitely. Oh, well, this is wonderful. Thank you so much. I just love it. Like, you know, we take a title and it really kind of went with everything that we spoke about. But we just allowed to come out today what needed to come out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's part of it, too, is not dictating it's guiding but it's not dictating it's that this is what we needed to share today for yeah. those that are ready and it's you know whether you're stepping into the motherhood with your children or the mother of yourself and um, or mother earth you know it's it is about letting go of the fear and stepping into self-love to be a part of that love that is going to be the solution in the world so thank you for sharing today it's you're been welcome. a wonderful journey Thanks for having me. I enjoyed our conversations. It was lovely. Great. PattyAshley.com. You'll find everything there, all of her books. Just step out, dive in, and what speaks to you? Is it the book? Is it the conversation you can have with her? Is it some of the videos she's got? But you see, nobody can help you until you're willing to help yourself. So be willing to step up and be interactive in your own life because then now you'll truly understand the benefit of this wonderful guidance. Thank you, Patty. Thank you, Sarah. Until next time, folks. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to bringing you more shows. Please go to selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows and you will see the incredible lineup of genres and shows that we have for you. We are here to make a difference in your life. Thank you for listening.